This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Here's some of what we've got to talk about on today's show. I heard that studying in medical school is pretty intense. What are the best ways to maintain a social life? At the risk of triggering you, M4s. Uh, oh, by the time this comes out, you'll have, <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have certified your match rank lists. Uh, what are you thinking about right now? Today's show is sponsored by us, the Short Code Podcast. I'll talk about what that means later in the show. <laughs> I got money to spare, so I nice. bought a spot on our own podcast. Is that a conflict wow. of interest? That's, no, yeah. that's, I mean, that's how it goes. I, like, I <laughs> swipe the OSAC credit card in front of my face and pay for, <laughs> in front of my face. pay for that sponsorship. With me today in the studio is a particularly attractive group of medical students that also just exudes genius energy. M4, Madeline Cusimato joins us from the internet. Hello from Colorado. Hello. M4 Emma Barr is here in the studio. Hello. In person. From the studio. I know. It's I feel I feel honored. The prodigal daughter has returned. <laughs> Nick Lind is back. Hello. And M3 Nathan Spitz, aka Thirst Trap Nathan. Hey, do has it for returned. The yes. And can I say we exude BGE? With a big genius energy. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. And Nathan, I note with astonishment that you have more Instagram followers than uh, our little podcast does. So what's your secret? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't appreciate like how much time I spend on social media. I have tried to like cap it. I think for me, like being in Iowa City, I don't like get to partake in a lot of like activities that I personally like enjoy, i.e. arts, music, concerts, not that they don't exist. So I feel like... It's a little for, hard when you're medical studenting. Correct. Yeah. And so I feel like I can get some of my like fill or live vicariously <laughs> through others through that as well in a like TMI way. So I think as here we go, full disclosure, as like a young gay person in a like town or city that doesn't have a lot of people, like social media often is used as a way to make connections. Yep. I think I also in like deep self-reflection in it as a young single person. I'm using it as kind of a, like, also signal preferencing. First of all, you know, Nathan is jacked. <laughs> you can't, you couldn't tell under the fluffy, fluffy Fratagonia. So for the followers or the listeners, um, I did post a birthday gram. That was a little scandalous. Um, when was your birthday? It was last, oh my God, when was my birthday? It's, it's the, the 17th. Thing oh. February, February 17th. Yeah, make connections. Yeah. Plan the, I mean, I'm not hating the player. Yeah. It's I'm hating <laughs> the game. Like I I feel like trapped in that I feel like I almost like I don't have to do it. I don't have to follow along and like join in what other people like across the country are doing. But yeah. Look, it's fine. Nathan, we're not gonna make this into a red swimsuit controversy. Oh yeah, here we go. Like yeah. my post, share it. I'll send some for free. <laughs> <laughs> not used, not. Boy, yeah, I couldn't help but ribby a little bit. No, yeah, but and it's it has been like a critical, like self reflection type of thing in the past. 
I would say year or so, even as, you know, we start to get ready for like residency mm-hmm. application process and the idea of professionalism and what professionalism in medicine means. And I'm sure people who've listened have, you know, heard of, or if you haven't heard of like the Medkini controversy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Things yeah. like mm-hmm. that. And what, prof- yeah, the idea of professionalism and who gets to control and decide what professionalism means and how I and my experience and journey fall in suit, ooh, brunch, in suit, a fall <laughs> in suit with that. So I don't know. I haven't made like a, any firm decisions, I guess, yet. Well, hmm. You, you 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 lit up some screens. That's cool. <laughs> At the risk of triggering you, M4s, uh, okay. by the time this comes you out, you'll have, did. <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have certified your match rank lists. Uh, for Shortcuts Listening, that's the residency programs you all would like to match at, ranked in order from the ones you'd be ecstatic to continue your training with to the ones you'd still be happy to train at. What are you thinking about right now? That yeah. there's 21 more days until we find out where. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of wild because I was also talking to somebody like a program coordinator yesterday and she was telling me oh yeah we find out on you know the 14th and you know we as students find out on the 18th and i was like oh i guess that makes sense but i didn't realize you guys found out before us and then we're just kind of hanging for a week and is it really four days in advance i thought it was the day before they found out no she she told me that they found out on the 14th So I discovered a new term for the 14th, and it's called Black Monday. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Monday, you find out, you find out that you matched. Yeah. And Friday, you find out where you matched. I had a dream the other day that it was the Monday of match week, and so Black Monday, I got an email saying, it just said, congratulations. And so um, I was like, great, it says congratulations, I must have matched. And so I texted everybody, called people like, yeah, I matched. And then I looked at the email again later in the day, and it said, congratulations, you're eligible for soap. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. They better not say congratulations for that. <laughs> soap is the supplemental offer and acceptance program that you have to do if you didn't match the first time around. And yeah, man, it's going to be... It's going to be fun. I got an email that there's like a brand new psychiatry program that just got accreditation like a week ago. Jeez. It's not too um, late. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're accepting six residents, Good so you know, they will be participating in the soap. So. <laughs> Toss your hat in the ring. Are y'all like uh, done done? Are you still like final? Because I know you can like certify and then recertify. Yeah, 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 Are you yeah. locked and loaded or... I certified mine the first day thinking that if I got in an accident and like wasn't a coma the rest of the month, I'd still have a list, but I still have like the middle, (laughs) the middle of my list. I still might change a few things. Emma, I did something similar. Like I, not the first day, but a couple weeks in, I realized, oh my gosh, like what if something happens to me and I can't actually certify? Yeah. So I need to certify now. So then I just like threw all Mm -hmm. the programs on and then click certify and it was like, oh, this this will at least be okay. Yeah, yeah I think that's know. pretty standard. So I, have, yeah. I have not certified. Do it. Yeah, don't yeah. get in an accident. If you are getting in an accident yeah, on the skiing. way back from Denver or you're skiing know, I just, or whatever. Like, was going down like black diamond ski runs. <laughs> like I could have. Yeah, you should certify <laughs> tonight, you this your, afternoon. You saw your right whole rank list flash before your eyes. This is a word to the wise to all you future M3s and other medical students. Give somebody you know your... Your passwords. NMRP passwords. Yeah. So yeah. That if you get an accident. Yeah, I realized like my wife doesn't have that. So yeah. 
I yeah, make sure make sure you certify. I had a friend who forgot to certify and didn't match. Yeah. Wow. So that happens. Wait. Yep. That, that oh, wait, you did text that in the group meet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, he ended up soaping and like the situation worked out for him, but he was like an exceptional candidate. That's a hell of a way yes. to uh and like not like this year. Mm. Yeah. Well, and he when soaked he into a different specialty. It wasn't his specialty of oh. preference. It just happened to work out that he could get to the same path through both specialties. So it was fine. Uh, so he Here's didn't reapply. Thing. He just he's going to continue with that specialty. Yeah. He, he at this point he's in fellowship. So uh, yeah. Here's the other thing. Every year, not necessarily every year here, but every year there are people who fiddle with their match rank list, and then the system shuts down at the appointed time and your certification it doesn't it doesn't default to your previous certification like you might expect yeah you're just shit out of luck yeah so don't mess with your don't mess with your lists at like i don't know what the time what the deadline is like 759 do not do that in fact we advise students to just Stop messing with it the yeah. day before. You, yeah. there, nothing is to be gained. That's essentially what happened to my my friend. I think he had certified once and thought that it was okay yeah. and made some changes and didn't certify again. For so. somebody who's going to be going through the process next year, how are y'all deciding? Like, what are some, I know it's different for everybody, but Ugh. what's your process been like in deciding rank list? I... I think I'm maybe a, a slightly unique in that for me, location matters a lot. Program fit matters a lot as well. I think that's super important. If the program doesn't fit, like it doesn't matter what the location is, you're going to be miserable there. But I, I have three kids and, and my wife has a professional job. So being in a place where she can work is very, very important. So that's been a, a big factor for me. Like how can we be relatively close to family in a city where my wife can easily find a job? And and yeah, so those have kind of been my my top things. Cost of living is also really important for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, location too. Seeing as I only have family in the Northwest and there's not that many programs there, I've kind of had to expand for location. But also things like, like you're going to be well-trained at any program. Like that's what the ACGME is for. But looking at like fellowship matches and then also just a lot of gut feeling like in the interview days, sometimes like I would rank a program lower than the other just because I, I liked their social better or something like that. So Some vibes. Vibe yeah, checks. exactly. Okay. So I feel like I kind of had a unique process. Um, Did you like do a dance around a fire? Um, <laughs> very unique. <laughs> yeah. Save some, save some uh, embalming oil from the cadaver lab. Yeah. And... yeah, I had, I actually worked with a unbiased third party professional to help me sort out my thoughts and feelings because my So basically I signed up for coaching sessions and who's a trained psychotherapist, but it's not therapy. It's just kind of more decision-making I had, cause when I was making my list, if I ranked by location, that would be best for me. And my husband was a radically different list than like my gut feeling list, Mm -hmm. which was a radically different list than like the types of programs and like ticking the boxes of the things that I was looking for. And then the other complicated factor of like just figuring out even what I was looking for as well. So um, she walked me through this very organized process where like in our first session, I like had three tiers where I was like, okay, in no particular order, what programs would you give a grade of a C? And then what programs would you give a grade of a B? And what programs would you give a grade of an A? 
and there had to be a certain number like I couldn't give like like five programs an A and two a B you know like it was an even number and then as she just asked my thoughts and feelings and goals and values and how those and so I was like well community and um, mentorship are very important to me and so she's like okay stop right now first out of your head like which programs you feel like reflected the values of community and mentorship the most. And I had to tell her and she wrote that down. So then by the end, I had my list and she's like, at this point, it doesn't make sense for your number seven to jump up to number two. You're only going to be switching like three and four and five and six or something Mm -hmm. like that. So not everyone needs that. A lot of people have a clearer idea. I was a little bit of a mess throughout this whole process, (laughs) but it was really helpful for me to figure out what my goals and values were Mm -hmm. at the very least. And then every time I would like discuss with my husband what he thought and stuff like that too. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do like spreadsheets where they rank their programs on different like the city and the fellowships and the, I don't know, different values that they have and then come out with numbers and like that's how they rank them. And I think that works well for some people. I did that actually when I was applying to undergrad and I went to a school for a year that seemed like the best one on paper. It had all the things I was looking for, but it never really felt right. And so when I was going into ranking my residency programs, I really wanted to focus more on gut feeling because Mm. when I got to that undergrad, I was like, just, it doesn't feel right. Like this isn't where I'm supposed to be. And I ended up transferring undergrads and then was ended up somewhere where I felt like was right. So that's great. I find my top four move a lot. And I, I also find that I ended up interviewing at a lot of very similar programs. So, you know, that it yeah. kind of makes sense that some of them, they look so similar on paper that it's like, well, these are almost interchangeable because yeah. it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think I'd be happy at any of them. Yeah. So I, I yeah. do have a group that's like that. They, I guess, haven't come out with guidelines if it's going to be virtual or in person next year. But do you feel like virtually you're able to get a good vibe? You know, Emma, you're talking about like the socials and things like that. Do you feel like you're able to get an accurate assessment or? It's hard to tell because we don't know. We still haven't (laughs) been there. So Uh you do get just a short snapshot and like you can get very impacted by that snapshot. So that worries Uh me a little bit. But I mean, like I said, and like Nick said, like a lot of the programs are very similar and you're probably going to do fine at any of them. So. I ended up doing an away rotation as well. And and so that program and my home program ended up being toward the top because like they're two things I know and Mm -hmm. I I knew that I liked them both. So Mm -hmm. I I think that's important too. If you get the opportunity to do an away rotation, most of my friends that did away rotations, they're, they're ranking their away rotation program, at least in their top three. And I know someone who did an away rotation who found out some things that she absolutely did not like. Mm. And so she is, can't remember if she's either not ranking that program or ranking it very low. So I think the opposite, because mm. it would have been pretty high on her list. So hopefully she's not ranking that program. You're, if you, yeah. if you find stuff that you, if you know that you don't like a program, they tell mm-hmm. you do not rank that program. I mean, mm-hmm. no matter how desperate you are, you do not want to, you probably mm-hmm. don't want to end up in a situation where yeah. you're at a toxic program or a program that doesn't, you know, work for you. Yeah. That, I mean, you have that's da- the, that's like, dangerous. First, yeah. All of my interviews were virtual. So like, at least there's mm-hmm. like some sort of an even assessment, but I think that was a part of my difficulty at first sorting through my thoughts and feelings. But one thing that I noticed that I was really missing, which you can be proactive and do this yourself was like 
I'm imagining like a happy hour or a dinner in person the night before you might be talking to one resident, like one-on-one -on -one, and then you turn and you can like join a group of three people, or you can like talk to a co-applicant who mm -hmm. kind of says what they're looking for. And that can help you kind of gauge the vibe and stuff like that. Whereas in these zooms, Sorry, I'm at altitude, so I'm like out of breath a little bit. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not at altitude and I'm out of breath. So. Yeah. In these Zooms, like some programs did a really good job of like breaking into breakout sessions, but some programs, like it was just all of us kind of in a Zoom and it was like one person asks a question, mm -hmm. a resident answers, another person. And so you get the information but it was not as easy to assess the vibe from that because you didn't really get a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. So then what I would do is just email residents. I sent set up a phone call with one resident, but I had to do a lot of work to get that yeah. information. So that's just kind of my two yeah. cents. I feel like the socials were hard in that sense, but um, at the same time, when things would go wrong. I felt like it was almost the easiest to see how like residents interacted. Like when the yeah. Zoom wasn't working or the breakout rooms weren't working, you could see like residents talking to each other and like trying to troubleshoot together. And I feel like in those moments, I saw the programs that like really worked together and mm. had a good vibe. So. Another thing that I did, I went and visited like my top few programs. And for some of them, I, I actually got like a resident and met with them one i met with his whole family so like i have a family oh, wow. and it was really cool uh, you know i got to see him and his wife and his kids and and kind of talk through what it's like being a parent at that program and mm -hmm. and you know those situations are really good too because you're away from everything you're you're not you know at the the zoom meeting where you know, they're really trying to kind of put on a nice show and mm -hmm. or the program director, is like <laughs> the program director lurking in the background. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and you can ask any question and they'll give you honest answers. And like I, I did learn a couple of things about that program that I was like, oh, wow, that's not quite what they said. <laughs> I, it wasn't anything that was like super concerning, but, it, you know, it was. Oh, mm -hmm. OK. Different perspective, we'll call it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Can I ask, a, how do y'all feel about like group celebration? I guess I like didn't even think about this until like the past year, the concept of like group match celebrations and that some people, you know, may be nervous or hesitant or may not want to yeah, be yeah, around yeah. other mm -hmm. people or what happens if things don't go. I don't know. What are y'all's like thoughts yeah. on that? I think, you know, way... we're, and, and to put that into context where, you know, we you know, most schools put on some sort of match day like celebration. Mm hmm. And, you know, so every so in our case, everybody gets together in in the atrium. And I think what they've agreed on this year is to one by one pull envelopes out of a drum and give them to the people. And each person gives a dollar to put in a kitty. And, you know, the last person to get chosen is it's kind of ceremonial because in this day and age, you get your email Mm -hmm. probably around that time anyways. Mm -hmm. But I imagine sometimes you get news that surprises you. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, in that moment, and I bet mm -hmm. that, I bet that feels real weird. Yeah. I like yeah. Iowa's plan because I know there's some schools that like hand you your L envelope, you walk on a stage and you mm -hmm. open, open it. it and, oh, and yeah. it yeah. to everyone. And yeah. then there's some schools that are doing <laughs> like absolutely nothing who are just like letting you read the email or whatever. And I feel like Iowa's plan has always been very much in the middle. Like 
Yeah. You can take your envelope and you can like drive home with your family if yes. you want to, or yeah, step you get outside to or whatever. And I'm sure I, I or, bet at those other schools you can. Yeah. Probably choose, but I don't know why. But I, the pressure. Yeah. I don't know why I would choose that. Yeah. To yeah. get up on stage and read it, that, like mm-hmm. that would not be a choice that um, I would make. Unless maybe I open the email first, like in the audience, and then like, okay, <laughs> yeah, like oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what? I've been surprised at. I'm in a rotation right now I'm in the ED, and I've been surprised at how many people just blatantly ask you, what's it, what's your top choice? Or, like, where do you oh want to go? Yeah. And it's like, that this is private. Too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I've been, like, been honest because I don't, I can't lie in the moment. But it's hard to also to be kind of a little bit vague at the same time. This is why I advocate for coming up with what you'll say in these situations ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, oh, I, I mean, there's just so many... Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't decided. Yeah. Yet. I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> I, you know, it's also hard when I like I've been asked by residents from here, like in the specialty that I'm. Yeah. You know, it, 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 like it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, these are the programs I like, but yeah. I actually haven't decided yet. <laughs> That's actually even trickier, <laughs> which is, right? Which is actually at that point, it was definitely true. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's really tricky. But it was also then it turns out to be okay because you start talking to them and like that particular resident had applied to some of the same yeah. programs and then he was like yeah I thought about this one too and like mm-hmm. yeah it's it's not that I, I suspect it's not that people are trying to like really get in your head about <laughs> no. like what you're thinking I think yeah. they're just you know sort of offering themselves up for you know dis you know, dis, as a sounding board yeah. or I, I think the yeah. intention is is good but yeah it's, it's, yeah it's yeah I, I feel like they're trying to make connection and like when i've said you know my top choices they're like oh i know this person and they love that program and right 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 so yeah with fine. like fr- you know friends and whatnot i kind of like say my top four in no particular yeah, order same. and then and a lot of that was true too because i didn't actually know at the time but the most awkward experience was like my like mentor who, you know, works here, like at this program, I was seeing a patient with her and the patient was like, oh my gosh, like you're a fourth year. Like, do you know what you're doing next? Like didn't quite understand the match process. And I was like, oh, well, like I won't find out till March. And he's like, oh yeah, that's like where you have to like rank the things or whatever. He's like, what's your top choice? Like right in front of Mm -hmm. this psychiatrist. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know, like, I'm not going to really say yet. <laughs> and then this um, physician that is with, she's like, yeah, like, I don't want to, I don't want to put any pressure on her. So we're not going to talk about that. So, <laughs> it was so awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Listeners, if you ask us a question, it means that I don't have to make something up to talk about on the show. And the show becomes what you want it to be. So send your questions to the shortcodes at gmail.com or leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. Uh, today's show is sponsored by us, the Short Code Podcast, because I made some pretty sweet acrylic pins <laughs> for you all, if I do say so myself. And I want to send them which camera. to you. <laughs> I so, so there's three ways that you can get yours, Short Coats. Two of them are free, or you can just buy one for six bucks. To get one, head over to theshortcoat.com slash pin, and we'll tell you about how that works. But basically, you'll be helping us out. And getting something, getting, getting a little token of my thanks in return. So thank you for listening, Shortcoats, and for supporting the show. Theshortcoat.com slash pin. Hmm. We've got an anonymous question on our Shortcoat listener line, and uh, she didn't provide a name, so I'm going to call her, um, I don't know, Sunrise War Ghost. 
Take it away, Sunrise. You guys say you like people to call in, so I'm going to call in. I have recently been accepted to a medical school, like an MC graduate school in the U.S., and I'm super excited, but I'm also kind of nervous because I heard that studying in medical school is pretty intense, and you guys have gone through the M1, M2 years. I was hoping you could give some advice on the best ways to study so that when I start medical school, I can hit the ground running. And then I have like a kind of like a second part to this question, which is what are some of the best ways that you have found to maintain a social life and make friends and kind of balance all of the expectations of medical school, but also realizing that you can't do med school alone and you need friends to help get you through the process. And so can you just talk also a little bit about socializing in medical school? Um, thank you all. Um, thanks. You're welcome. And, and congratulations on, yeah. uh, on yeah. getting in. That's, uh, that's pretty sweet. So Sunrise has two questions here. Let's start with the first one on studying during your first couple of years. I can say as a fourth year, I've completely forgotten how to study. Yeah. So, uh, there, there we go. <laughs> wait, wow. But did That's they, excellent advice. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like the question was studying before medical school. No, she's she's looking at, you know, the first couple of years. Okay. Like, well, and, don't and study how to get before. Prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my actually you're you're right. That was my first thought that she that she was asking mm -hmm. about like how can I be prepared? And yeah, just just if you're thinking about it, I think our consistent advice, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, our consistent advice over the years has been, please don't study before no. you get to medical school. Don't it's, do that. That's, you know, go on a vacation, take a trip, sit in front of the TV, you know, like, just relax. Yeah. You're going to get plenty of opportunity. But, uh, but yeah, as far as, it, you know, what do you, Nathan, maybe you're a little closer and maybe mm -hmm. if you talk about it, you'll remind these guys <laughs> yeah, no, I was what just, it was like. I was just thinking about this. So I've had the pleasure of lead tutor, you know, being a group and individual and lead tutor as well. And I think... If I could like sum up my experience in being a student and tutor, I think the biggest piece of advice would be to like listen to upperclassmen at your particular yeah. school that you're going to attend. So you could like listen to us and, you know, for example, like mm -hmm. we could say, for example, like do a ton of flashcards or do a bunch of practice questions or, you know, there's a million pieces of, of advice on how to best study and everybody's different. However, I think with each institution having specific exams and lectures and learning modalities like hearing from upperclassmen at your particular institution will probably give you the biggest bang for your buck so they can you know help guide you in what the exams are like and if you know focusing on the in-house or you know school specific lectures is super important i would like i would follow there or if you're doing nbme or national board examinations mm -hmm. i think the advice on studying would be would be a little different. So I think my biggest piece of advice would be to listen to upperclassmen at your specific institution. And again, congratulations. What's like 40% of people like get accepted on their, you know, I don't know if it was your first attempt or not, but matriculate mm -hmm. each year. So yeah, yeah, I would agree listening to upperclassmen, but also remember that like you are an individual and if you're trying things that upperclassmen said worked for them, it may not work for you. Like Nathan mentioned flashcards. Flashcards don't really work for me, but a lot of people here use them. Mm -hmm. So keeping in mind that like what you may have used in undergrad may work, it may not work, but you can try kind of lots of different ways and don't be like too scared by all the information. You don't have to memorize every single fact. Like, One of the things I remember hearing over the years is that, you know, not only might your study skills change or your study techniques change from undergrad to med school 
but they probably also will change from class to yeah. class, yeah. Mm-hmm. which um, might be something that you're not used to. Yeah, that's I think what I was, yeah. that's what I was going to say is like, I, you know, I think she's asking this question in hopes that this won't happen, you know, so you can just like start right away. And, you know, so for some people, they've like had one way that they've studied and it worked, but more often than not, people change their study technique several times within the first year if not even into the second year. And so to just not, I think my biggest piece of advice is not to be afraid of that because the more that you worry about being like rigid and changing, the more time that you waste doing something that's not working for you. So that was just going to be my piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. For example, like, you know, it's, you know, studying anatomy is going to be very different from studying medicine and society. Those, mm-hmm. those are, you know, two very different sets of knowledge. It's a different kind of thing. Yeah, I think also, you know, once you get to clerkships, there, there's a huge change because you're going from, you know, sitting all day, going to lectures and going through your notes and using whatever strategy you want to synthesize that information to working all day mm-hmm. and then trying to figure out when do I have time to study? What am I going to study? How I'm am I going to it. break down this information? And there are many different ways to do that. And I, I found like once I got to clerkships, my focus was much more toward like board style study Mm -hmm. because we were taking shelf exams and some, some clerkships had in-house exams, which were, you know, a whole different story. So much harder. Yeah. Because it's usually like whatever little niche thing faculty member who wrote that exam really wants to focus on, which might not actually be super relevant to, you know, general understanding of that particular topic. But yeah. And so there's a lot of different things that, uh, you can employ along the way, but just try to be flexible. Mm -hmm. So focusing on those first couple of years, were there, okay, so we've talked about, we've talked a little bit about, you know, techniques. We haven't provided her with any, except to say, you know, there are flashcards and there are not flashcards. (laughs) Yeah. Is there there anything else? I was thinking about like, just at least providing the options. So like, you know, we say like, don't study before medical school, but I do think one thing that's helpful is to kind of be aware of the resources that are out there, being aware of like, do I want to buy an iPad or not? Like get my computer up to date, like all of that Mm -hmm. is really helpful. Don't buy expensive programs or anything before you start, but kind of just be aware of what's out there. And that might be useful information, but like, there's a lot of people that use just like they draw everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's particularly important in anatomy, but even biochemistry and some of the other like hormone pathways, there's the flashcards. There are like, you know, the classic like that everyone tells you not to do reading and rereading and highlighting. Do you want to watch lectures in person or do you want to watch lectures online? Mm-hmm. Do you watch lectures multiple times? Do you teach, do you study in a group and do some teach back? Do you attend tutor sessions? There's practice questions. So those are things that I thought of. That's a pretty yeah. good list. Yeah. I think yeah. there's also like a lot of third party stuff. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like sketchy is a, mm-hmm. a great one that I think is starting to even like do an MCAT thing. So uh, a lot of undergrads might know what that is already. So, and then, you know, getting Q banks, some people find that really useful. I, 
Madeline mentioned this. I wouldn't like buy anything before you start because who knows what your school will provide. I believe Carver actually has a QBank that we have access to from Hardin Library Board Vitals, Mm -hmm. I believe, Mm -hmm. which can be useful and that's free. So things like that are definitely an option. Yeah, Nick mentioned Sketchy. I think I wish I had to use the Sketchy Micro and Sketchy Farm earlier, like in preclinicals. I started using it for step one studying, but I think it would have been helpful in preclinicals as well as Pathoma is another one. And then the last one would be Pixarize, which is for biochem. I really struggled with biochem, um, which was like one of our first classes here. And I used it for step one sitting and I wish that I had had it for preclinicals too. But again, don't buy those things before you start because you may or may not. You may get them through your school or you may not need them. So So a lot of those resources, at least the way Carver's is set up, are not relevant the first semester. Pixarize for biochem, yes. But like, so you don't want to be paying for subscriptions mm-hmm. that you don't even get to that content until mm-hmm. way later on in the year as well. But yeah, I think just doing your research, don't buy anything, but just be aware. There are Reddit threads out there that will teach you a lot of things, which I always say caution because they can overwhelm. But I think I'm not like completely anti like doing some reading mm-hmm. just so because you will be bombarded with the pressures to use all these resources at some point. So I guess if you are aware of what's out there, that could be helpful. I guess yeah. if you're going to read ahead, maybe, you know, before you start school, the, the, the maximum, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but the maximum you might want to do is just sort of get a lay of the land. Don't start, yeah. don't worry about memorizing things yet and all this kind of stuff. But it, it sounds like what you're saying, Madeline, is to just sort of skim, you know, get some sort of picture mm-hmm. of the kinds of things that you're going to be talking about, but mm-hmm. don't stress out about it. Yeah. And don't do it if you don't I, want to. Yeah. I have loved my iPad. I use it like even now for just like other random things, but like I used it in preclinical for taking notes. And then I used it in rotations for like, I downloaded our EMR on it and that was really helpful for mm. me. And that was just, but I bought it like a week into med school and it was like really stressful, like waiting for it to come in and then setting it up and loading, like, and we have tests every two weeks. And so that was just something that I had wished I had resourced was like, what, what kind of technology do I think I want to use and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So were there so we talked about techniques were there habits that you had to cultivate what do you think nathan oh i think and this was kind of in thinking of how i studied or how my study strategies changed i think for me the biggest thing was incorporating more kind of like lower cognitively taxing tasks into my daily routine so for example i have like a 20 minute walk to the hospital and like when i started medical school i was just like listening to music which is like not a bad thing like i I love music i love going to concerts etc but one way that i found that kind of took at least some pressure off was like incorporating like reviewing lectures or things like that while i was walking or if you're if you're exercising and you're a cardio person and you're like on the treadmill or stairmaster like again instead of what and i still watching it oh my god i've been i've been <laughs> shows like while i eat but i'm like oh i'm like on the stairmaster for 45 minutes like let's just like throw on a lecture that's so long Two 45 time. minutes on the stairmaster <laughs> have you so, seen his so, instagram no. stop it, stop i it, guess stop i it, need to look so it goes by it goes by fast you know and like when you're like watching a lecture you know it go the time like it goes by faster and it's kind sure. of like a two bird one stone and then it like alleviated at least for me alleviated a lot less like stress and pressure 
at the end of the day when I would be like frazzled and like, oh my goodness, like I didn't like get through all that I wanted to do. So I thought that was one habit for me that I found really worked for me. But the counterpoint would be having that separation of church and state and like not incorporating Mm -hmm. school into protected activities as well which, you which know, one's which one's church and which one's hey, state right? I don't, that is a good question um, I, I feel I, like now like because you could you could say that like church is med school yes that's yeah. what i was leaning toward where yeah. there's like this like pressure that this is like your calling and your your faith and your passion and your god you know there's like the house of medicine or yeah. not the house of medicine what's that house of, god. house of god house of god there we house go yeah i feel like there's a lot of that like undertone and pressure but yeah. And like the state had, uh, and I yeah. <laughs> I did a similar thing where I'd watch lectures like when I was eating breakfast and things like that. But I think another part of their question was socializing and like how to was that true? No, we're gonna get yeah. to that. Well, this kind of mixes it. Um, I am a pretty social person, and so I started out going to lectures every day. We have the option to watch them online, recorded after. But I realized that I was not learning anything by going to lectures in person, mm-hmm. and oftentimes I would fall asleep. Like I don't, <laughs> I just like get like lulled into sleep not because they were boring well maybe some of them but i like the social aspect and i like seeing people and i'm not from here so i wanted to make friends and so i ended up like wasting a lot of time going to lectures and then watching them again and i realized like in my second year that i could watch lectures from like our learning communities and then in the breaks between lectures i could like go like outside the lecture room or like see they would come and get snacks from our learning community and i would still like see people and so i was like watching lectures at the same time but doing it more in an efficient way and seeing my friends Yeah, there's one thing I wish I would have. So unfortunately, I found like a lot of lectures not terribly useful and I didn't learn a lot from them. So I found this when I was uh, prepping for step one, but it was called it was Crush Step One Podcast. Mm. Um, And there's others that are very similar, but this one goes through a textbook uh, and basically reads it to you. (laughs) And I really wish I had found some of these resources where I actually was learning the same information at the same time from a different source and the problem is though that our tests were based off of those specific lectures and they like to pick out certain facts yeah it was a it was a downer i do know people who used similar things where they used resources that weren't from here and sometimes their preclinical grades suffered a little bit but they Mm -hmm. always passed the exam and Mm -hmm. you know it's a it's a give and take so i I know it's difficult yeah for me i couldn't really handle the mental like adding an extra mental task of like making sure whatever extra resource I was using like lined up because sometimes we would learn things in like a weird order too Mm -hmm. and so like if you have like say the resource had chapters one two and three our lectures would be the first lecture would be half of chapter one with a chunk of the middle from chapter three like yeah, so. in, in an integrated curriculum like at, at Iowa, where the goal is to be teaching all of the things that you need to know yeah. sort of at the same time. So if in yeah. medicine and society, you'll be talking about, you know, one thing and you'll be talking about the related thing in, I don't know, me- me- mechanisms of health and disease. And then you'll be, you know, that's the goal. And mm-hmm. so sometimes courses sort of like the individual courses affect the order in the mm-hmm. other courses but again it's like what works for, like it didn't work for me because i stressed way out <laughs> way too much like trying to incorporate all the things so i ended up just sticking the lectures but some people were able to balance that beautifully so yeah. you know 
Another like habit thing would be at Carver, we have tutor groups and tutoring like may have a stigma of like, oh, you need extra help. But here I feel like it's just a normal thing. People go to tutor groups and they're taught by people in the class above you. So that's another habit that I had to get into was like going to tutor groups and also like not feeling like I had to know everything when I arrived at that tutor mm-hmm. group and that the purpose is to learn and that and to ask questions, even if they sound like stupid yeah. questions. I would, that sort of dovetails with something that I wanted to say, which is. Seek out help when you need it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say this more strongly than that. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you feel yourself struggling with a concept, don't wait. Don't think like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, like everybody else around me gets this and and I don't and I'm a a stupid head. That's not going to work, you know. So keep that in mind. Seeking out help is a study technique. Mm -hmm. Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. How have you managed to find your people in medical school? You mentioned Emma Mm -hmm. sort of hanging out in the learning communities and here at the Carver College of Medicine, we were lucky enough. and, And this has become more and more common over the years at other schools. We... We have these learning communities where, you know, everybody gets sorted Hogwarts style into a into a community which has a physical space and staff, sort of a inbuilt method of potentially hanging out with people like you and people not like you. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. But were there other, you know, how did you, what is socially, socializing like in medical school, basically? So I, um, <laughs> um, okay, so What's I, I'm like a very What's social and I have never sacrificed like socializing in all of med school. And that's just something, but like, so, like some people who, you know, like, yeah, I do exercise, but some people would never sacrifice exercise and I've exercised all four years. Like I've always made time for friends or phone calls to long distance friends, like, and that's kind of what has kept me sane. So, but one of my best friends, we were just randomly paired um, over a cadaver in anatomy lab, you know, and- Nothing builds friendship like (laughs) a cadaver. (laughs) You know, and so like, there are small like anatomy dissection group, you know, in the very beginning would just study together. We didn't necessarily study together for the rest of med school, but that was kind of how I met some of my closer friends. And then this particular friend, we actually did, like we studied together for almost every test of medical school. Um, Nick is my neighbor. That's how I met. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was just one way. And then like anything in the human experience, like get involved with things that you love doing and you'll find mm-hmm. similar people. In line with kind of like in court or something I said previously, like incorporating things like that into like mundane tasks, at least not, maybe not as much as making new friends at Carver, but sustaining old friendships would be like, you're going to the grocery store and like trying to coordinate with old friends. Like you don't have to tell them that you're going to call them on your way to the grocery (laughs) store. But like, Hey, what are you doing Thursday night at 10 PM? Like hint, I'm not going to Walmart to pick up groceries. But then you have that like hour that maybe you, Mm -hmm. you know, would have just spent, you know, listen again, not that listening to music is bad, but you can just like be more intentional. I think, 
in the activities that you're doing or how you're spending your time, whether it's calling family or, fr- you know, old friends. I guess you could like call new friends from medical school, too, as well. But that was at least like one spot where I tried to like prioritize that. Yeah, I did a similar thing. My friends from home, I would call them. I still call them most weeks while I'm like cooking for the week. I like meal prep and they know I'm cooking the whole time, but it's a good kind of time to catch up. Hi, Another- Augusta. Yeah, she won't be listening. She only listened to that one. (laughs) Um, She's not a nerd. Yeah. uh, I was also going to say, oh, yeah, for on clinical rotations, it can be hard to connect with your friends that you were like really close with in preclinicals because you're all like doing different Mm -hmm. rotations. I did my rotations in Des Moines at our branch campus, and I kind of just like went in with the mindset of like being friends with whoever I'm rotating with. And I think that helped a lot that you just like Mm kind of just... I don't know, you're friends with this person for four weeks or six weeks and then you move on and you see them again occasionally. But, you know, sometimes those relationships would continue. But just being a nice person in general, I think that you pick up friends here and there. I would recommend exchanging numbers with your like co-med students Mm -hmm. as soon as you start a rotation, because A, that's very helpful for like me and they never told us what time we needed to be here, you know, stuff like that. But then also, yeah, occasionally like don't be afraid to make new friends in medical school once you're in your third year because mm-hmm. that definitely happened to me as well mm-hmm. so yeah, same. yeah in my last rotation there was another student that i had never worked with before and never really even knew very well and you know we have been like texting each other even since the rotations finished so mm-hmm. did you find that there was socializing sort of built into medical school in some ways yes yeah. yes here at carver college of medicine i think there's a really like obvious concerted effort to break out you know they i guess the idea is to make the like larger campus community feel small and so we have case-based learning groups that you'll like be paired with the same group for the whole semester that you'll see for you know three hours every week and then there's medicine and society small groups and there's longitudinal nest groups which are like a subgroup of your learning community that you'll be with throughout all four years so i definitely have appreciated the intentionality that carver's had in creating these small groups and they're almost always with different people occasionally you'll get kind of like paired up with people that you've been in previous small groups for but there are so many people that i've met that i would not have otherwise had we not been so intentional with the small group pairings there's also things like interest groups and like lunch meetings they used to give free food all the time and those are all all voluntary so if you want to go to those kinds of things and you may see similar people and start talking so yeah did you meet anyone in orientation i met one of my closest friends at second look actually and we're still like pretty close Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i don't remember orientation it was a blur (laughs) yeah that week is uh there's a lot going on that week. I got really sick from orientation, like a really bad cold. <laughs> oh, oh no. geez, I yeah. thought you were going to say. Got, got COVID before it was yeah. a thing. Orientation sickened you. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I actually got engaged during or, orientation too. And then I was oh, like wow. constantly with people. And so like the next week, I think I'd just like run myself into the ground. So I had a really oh, no. bad cold, like the first week of classes hmm. of medical school. But Do you anticipate that some of the friendships will persist after you're done here yeah so i i have like a group of so we're all parents in med school yeah Uh, a group of us that kind of uh, we have a group chat and we talk very frequently and i i'm pretty confident that we'll continue to chat throughout you know our careers and and uh, keep in contact at least in some form even if that's just virtually yeah yeah I think something that's been great and I I feel like and 
I'm sure other people can relate, have not like the social butterfly, but having different groups of friends and not necessarily for different reasons, but just like because we connect for different, you know, we connect and have passions in different areas. So I have like friends who are also interested in the specialty that I'm interested in and that we like have communicated for years on, you know, kind of like the process and that whether it's friends for, you know, like identity based type of things that you can just like connect with and relate with in that regard. And then just like friends for the sake of friendship. Yeah. So I think that's like, those are all like different reasons that I mm-hmm. hope to be intentional in maintaining those relationships and i think it's sad thinking about all my friends like dispersing across the country but it's also kind of exciting to be like oh i'll have a friend in that city i can go visit and we're all gonna have like vacations at different times during residency but you know if i have a week off i can go visit somebody in florida or in california or i don't know new york things like that you know and it's pretty amazing too and i hope that this is the way it is for me as a an attending but while i was on the interview trail i kept talking to people and one of my letter writers came up again and again and again as somebody that they knew or then they would mention, you know, the program director here and, you know, ask about my relationship with the program director or or the chair of the department. It, it seemed like everybody knew somebody from Iowa along the interview trail. And, and that was really cool. I'm like, oh, great. Maybe it'll be like that for me where I have like these friends uh, mm-hmm. around the country. Yeah. I bet also it made will. I mean, knowing you, friend. Nick, I bet it will. <laughs> yeah. I sometimes think that like romantic relationships are like really emphasized, you know, and obviously I value my own romantic relationship, but being as intentional with your friendships as you would like a romantic relationship. So just we kind of made are in the process of making a long distance friendship plan because we are likely very likely not going to match at the same place. So, and just making it realistic and flexible mm-hmm. for residency expectations, but good idea. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I mean, it sounds sort of like, Oh, you know, that's sort of the ideal is like, Oh, it'll just happen that we'll yeah. stay friends. But you're right. I mean, life mm-hmm. gets in the way and yeah. especially during your intern year when there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. probably yeah. a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else we want to say about this? Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy the last couple of months before you start medical school. Yeah, for it's sure. Fun. For sure. Keep lis- also keep listening. I mean, I like kept yeah. listening throughout medical school and I think it was super helpful to hear perspectives from upperclassmen and whatnot as you like traverse your your yeah. medical school journey. Keep at Definitely. keep sending in those questions, Sunrise War Ghost. Well, that's our show. <laughs> Emma, Madeline, Nick, Nathan. Thanks for being on the show with me today. And what kind of window liquor would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us a part of your week? If you're new and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and even YouTube. Our editors are Maddie Walleen and some weirdo named Nick Lind. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine, student government, and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Hi, short coats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but In my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy 
healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you and I'm glad you're here and other people are too. 